But then I thought, that's going to get tricky. I ignored it. And then there's this part about halfway up my thigh that said we should probably just play all the biggest hits from LMFAO's album, Sorry for Party Rocket. Then I decided, you know what? We've had some legendary artists in How to Say these past few years. You know who we haven't had? Elton frickin' John. Welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Brian Chesco. Gentlemen. Hey. We are two weeks in, and I feel like we could already write a book. There's been so much narrative to this season. It's too much to cram into one podcast. Well, we tried to do a two-hour pod last week. (laughs) Almost made it there. I feel like we've got more material we could discuss today, but... It worry will, not, worry not, dear listener. We will right. not do that to you. And listen, for all those out there, because there might be some who go, Oh, Brian, it's just so long. Like, could you just make it shorter? Look, I would love to be able to do a podcast every day. Or make a that's what she said joke. <laughs> but you're not, because we're above that that's here. Right. We are. We we're are above giving that. the world what they want. Hey, listen, you don't... Another, we, love, we love doing this. Another podcast and a two-hour podcast. Yes, exactly. Hey, we love doing this. We love talking about it. We love discussing it. We love discussing the strategies. And guess what? Come along on this journey with us because it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. Scott, we're going to have a bunch of bits, aren't we? We've got a lot of bits, yeah. a lot of segments in this show. Yeah. You know what? You're reminding me of something, though, before we get to those and to what else we're here for, which is the matches. Uh, we have submitted demos to various companies out there. Yeah, One sure. of them was SiriusXM. They a got long a f- time ago. Yeah, they've got a fantasy sports channel. And uh, you know, if they gave us an hour of airtime a day, we could we easily could break easily this up. easily fill that. Yeah, and keep it to an hour at a time podcast that people do that people podcast their radio shows all the time hey so so if anyone out there who's listening anyone any of our faithful listeners that knows someone or wants to submit this podcast for us feel free we would love that and to those who've been with us for quite some time and have done their part to help boost us on social media across various channels we appreciate your efforts it has worked absolutely as we have talked about we are we are growing as a podcast as the new season starts we're thankful for that our overall numbers are growing which means that you know the number of people who don't quite like us so much is growing too but that's okay we that's know right. that that's going to happen <laughs> no doubt we take strong sides yeah you know there's Listen, probably Scott, there's people, a lot of people out there who hate you it's true. <laughs> they literally do. They have let me as know well that. As me, I'm sure. Well, that's the thing. Like some, like there's a team Dave out there. Yes. There's a team Brian. Sure. And there's a team Scott. Yep. And then there's a team No Way. Yeah. FSFC. Yeah. Hey, that's okay. We understand. But for those who are listening and enjoy what we do, and you're still not quite sure what we are, we review the matches that take place over the past game week. We give you the fantasy analysis that you need coming out of those matches and looking ahead to the next game week and the rest of the season. And we throw in some really fun bits or segments as well. And most of them are going to be in this pod tonight. So mm-hmm. let's do this thing. Get on. Let's get on to week two football matches. We'll start with the defending champs and all their goals. City six, Huddersfield town one. This is what a city is supposed to do to a town. Can I just say that? Aguero with the hat trick. Jesus, David Silva, and a Congolo own goal round things out. Stankovic, or is it Stankovic? I would guess Vich. 
Stankovich for Huddersfield. Can I start with this? Mm-hmm. It won't be often that I get to do this. Okay. Because number one, two, two things I want to say here. Number one, I picked a captain right. Who'd you pick, Dave? I picked a proper captain, which rarely ever happens. Brian, it's snowing in hell today. Good work. What is that noise right now, Dave? Scott, it's a pat on my back. Yes, sir. Thank you. I deserve it. I can rarely (laughs) ever do that, and I did it. I also want to say this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who did you captain? I captained Sergio Aguero. Who put up a 20. He had... Three goals and an assist. Which all makes me think the 20 sounds low if you hear that and you think it, of his, what his score should be. It's true. That's because you're used to a season of of Sala doing it as a midfielder. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is Aguero doing it as Good a call, forward. Scott. It's true. Good call. So I, I also did this. I wish I would have been on record via Twitter This is number Slack. two. I told Brian personally and Brother Matt personally the day before when they're asking me, we're just talking what we do, fantasy, soccer, football. And I, I said, you know, there was rumors of Aguero not going to play. I, of course, Brian, thought to myself, uh, fake news. Huh? No one, there's no one inside Pep's camp who knows what the <laughs> he's going to do on a regular basis. <laughs> and so you know what I did? I said, I'm not changing a <laughs> thing Sergio Aguero ride or die is my captain Huddersfield first game at home for City Huddersfield even though they're gonna they're gonna park the bus I told you Brian the day before and brother Matt this just feels like a Sergio Aguero hat trick game well what and did it work I'll be (laughs) if it didn't work oh it did it did so anyways hey I I I rarely ever get this right and I got this one right just want to be on record to pat my own That's self. really good. That. I'm really happy for you. <laughs> I thought the first thing you were going to do is just scream Pep Guardiola's name as you like to the sky so, and you shake your fist to the heavens. I did do that. I did do that because Morez didn't play. Surprise! Oh, well, he did a little. Yeah. He got he a point. In. He got that a point. That doesn't count. Surprise! Raheem Sterling, zero. Surprise! Kyle Walker, zero. Z- Surprise! Total zero, yeah. I mean, this, it, and it, we and potted. Leroy, and Sané subs in as well. Sané subs in. He got four points, uh, I believe, an assist. Yeah, on the it was last on that goal, own goal. On the yeah. own goal. And so, you know, he got you a little something off the bench. And, you know, it's funny because when I was watching this, I am a Sané owner. I'll talk more about that uh, another time. But I was thinking to myself, you know, this would be a great time for Leroy Sané to prove true what we kept saying last season, which was it doesn't matter who starts. Right. If a City player plays, they're going to score some points. He did a little bit here, which was which is okay. But the big scorers were Ederson again with a five. Uh, so he's got 13 points in the season. Benjamin mm-hmm. Mendy puts up eight. He's got 23 points total. Yeah, that's a season. lot. David Silva put up nine this time. Aguero, as we mentioned, 20. And Jesus, I mean, you could have just said city forward, and you would have done okay. I know. Jesus well, put up seven. So that's the first thing. Uh, whether that's going to happen again or not, the fact that it the fact that it can happen, it did happen, and it worked makes me think it probably can continue doing that as many times as they feel like as as many times as they want to start uh and as many times as people have as people have said oh pep's not going to play or he even said they can't play together aguero and jesus crushed them it was a crushing destroying defeat i think pep and, and and i said this the other day i i think pep what he is doing in this first part of the season he has 
he has a crazy talented team. He arguably, easily arguably, the one of the most talented teams in the league, maybe even in the world. And what he wants to do, I think, in my opinion, is is win not only a Premier League title, but Champions League or bust. And he wants to be able to beat teams with about four or five different formations. And he is going to use this soft open to the Premier League season to maybe try many different formations to find out. So when, when teams prepare for them, they're like, oh, crap. What do we do now? And it makes them really flexible. So when they do have injuries, they can play multiple different ways. Yeah, it's absolutely true. So here's the real question as it relates to Manchester City, because you've got way more guys who are fantasy relevant than you can play because you have a max of three per per team. The question is, do is it an overreaction to sell? And maybe we need to break this down a little bit. Like who who would it be okay to sell to transfer out at this point, and who should you stay you know stick tight to? Because you know we've got. You know, Aguero putting up 20, obviously that skews the numbers. He's got 22 points for the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got two other guys, just two, who have put up more than five points in both of the first two matches. Ederson and Mindy are the only two guys to put up at least five in each of the, t- of the first two matches. Everybody else has gotten their points from one or the other match. Yeah. Now, at the end of the season, will City players, no matter who you have, get theirs? Probably, maybe, 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 but it it's a lot. Let listen. So, who would you? Sh- who should we recommend selling on Manchester City, transferring out if you own those guys? Well, do you want to know what people are actually doing? So, well, no, Bron- no, <laughs> I well, want to know what well, they should do. Well, I'm saying, like, okay, do you think so, the masses are always right, Brian? Well, I get it. <laughs> no, and yes, uh, <laughs> no one. Can I get all that. Fence. An injury, an, <laughs> like an injury to. That's true. You know, an injury to Debrana, you get it, like. You know, sure. he's obviously should be out of your lineup. But yeah, out of the top ten transferred out, just say midfielders right now. Sane, Bernardo Silva. Transferred out? Transferred out over 40,000 times Doesn't this match sense. week or now between weeks. Sure it does. It's a classic over... It's a Sure it does. It's a classic overreaction. Mares is in that list. Of course then, he is. And then still in the top 30... Raheem Sterling, he's in the probably in the twenty fives or something like that. All who's four, the sa- who's the safest next week? Raheem Sterling. Yeah, yes. Raheem all four Sterling. of those guys are going to score and, again. And, and Mares. Yeah. next week. Exactly. And so, and again, I said this last week. I'm nervous about being a Mares owner. He did. He came on as a sub, which killed me. I'll say this: this week, I wanted to. Tr- I, I want to transfer him out. It's not going to be this week because. I, well, number one, I want someone more reliable in that position. I want someone who I know is going to play every week. Mares, I think, will play next week. Therefore, I'm going to keep him, and I'm not going to uh, to make a move there. But after that, he's probably leaving my lineup. Okay, let me ask you this, though. I'm going to use a different City player as an example of this. So, David Silva, zero points in game week one, yep. nine points in game week two. Let me ask you this. Would it be worth it to keep him, hypothetically speaking, wouldn't it be worth keeping him if he literally got nine points every other week? Um, That's he- not crazy. It's no, not. Yeah. It's interesting because technically you're averaging like a 4.5. Which is a great average. It is, mm-hmm. but there's no guarantee that that nine's going to happen even every other week, even though I, I get your point. Listen, the, the beginning of their schedule is very soft. Let's get back to your main question. The four guys that I would trust – 
because I had a couple of na- I had six, I think, last week. Uh, and <laughs> two of them are off now, obviously. Mm-hmm. But Mendy, Ederson, Aguero, and Stones. And I'm not going to own Stones if I can own a Mendy. Yeah. But, and look, I don't feel great about Aguero. I mean, no, honestly, no, I if was, you I was going to say, I was going to say that. I'm, I'm terrified down, of him next week. I would only go with, with Mendy and Ederson. Now, Pep did say, you know, after, in, whether I think it was after, I think it was post match, because he also addressed their um, the uh, TV special they did, because Jose Marino, I think there's some criticism about the, the way they, they talked about Manchester United. In that same discussion, he was gushing about Sergio Aguero being one of the best strikers in the world. So there's a safety, I mean, obviously about that. He's, and, and he, to me, it was a, a bit of a no-brainer to start the season, given preseason form, given his summer form. Yeah, I mean, I I, I would feel okay. I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna get rid of him. But yeah, would I be surprised at all if Jesus starts with Sterling next week and Aguero's and Aguero's on the bench? No, no it wouldn't surprise me one you. tiny bit. Nothing to surprise you. So we've got a couple of uh, awards to give out here real quick. First of all, the first fantasy half point of the season has to go out to what will inevitably be the best feel-good story of the entire season. I know we're two game weeks in, but nothing's going to beat David Silva's baby mm-hmm. being carried out by Silva as one of the mascots under the pitch pre-match. Outstanding. I know at the end of the match, they showed uh, Why, why the is baby that significant? Again. Some people might not know. I think the baby was born at 27 weeks, I think it was. Last year, way pregnancy. premature. That was what kept him going in and out of the team. Yep, last year. Yep, and uh, was in the hospital for five months, released from the hospital in May. Uh, so that was right on the end of the season. So now, obviously, with the start of the new season, the family was there. And it yep. was a great moment. Uh, it, it was outstanding. It was one of those spine-tingling moments uh, where you, you see how important this is. And it was really cool to see just how loyal Silva is and will always be to Pep for the way he handled that situation mm-hmm. as it was going on that's last good season. Point. Uh, so that's cool to see. Uh, also, we need to give out the Brad Guzan Award for Courage in this Yes! Mm-hmm. He stood tall. Ben Hamer. He stood tall and got his face kicked in the whole game. <laughs> Goalkeeper for... Huddersfield. Now, from a fantasy perspective, I mean, he put up two more points. Not so bad, right? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. He gave up a half dozen goals, no doubt about that. But he also had nine saves to go with it. This was nine. A man, this is a man that was under fire. You, you, you know, you got to look past the fact that one of those goals that he gave up was a bit of a howler. You know, he he, he fumbled the ball in the box. Yeah. But you know what? Nine saves on top of the uh, the day that he had. You're okay with that. Typically, when you're a goalkeeper and you give up six goals, you're not getting positive points. That's right. Ben Hamer did. He deserves kudos. The ben Brad Guzan Award for courage. Yes, he does. Excellently done. Brian, is there an obscure Huddersfield note you want to make here? Yeah, I want to just. I, it's going to be something we can talk more about on paper sometime this week. But listen, this is just a quick reminder because we saw the one the one bright spot for Huddersfield. To me, not surprisingly, came from Steve Mounier. And it's only because I, I, I see this as a stunning stat for two weeks. Steve Mounier won 11 aerial duels two weeks ago against Chelsea. Center backs. In one are, game? Yeah. Center backs do that. That's what central defenders do. He won 11 against Chelsea and followed it up by winning 10 more against City. 
21 aerial duels won for Steve Mounier in two weeks. I'm just saying, against Chelsea, he put a, a header pretty cleanly in the only spot he could have and miss. He put it off the inside of the post. Right. Should have scored against Chelsea. He won the won the header against I think it looked like Jesus to get the skim for the goal that Stankovic scored. Right. So I'm just saying last season last season he was the flat track bully like a lot of other guys. He had seven goals. They were against Brighton, West Brom, Bournemouth and his and a brace against Crystal Palace in August. That's where all seven of his goals came from. All of their next four, the next four at least, I mean, this is like breathe easier here, Huddersfield. Not easy, but definitely breathe easier. That's right. You get Cardiff at Everton, you play Crystal Palace at home, and you play Fulham. I mean, uh, Leicester, sorry, Leicester at home. So three of the next four are at home against competition that's much more reasonable than the first two weeks against Chelsea and Manchester City. Just saying, for a guy that's... Six dollars even, and owned by nearly no one. Steve Mounier, I think, was one of those guys that like he just did it. Yeah. He did it against Manchester City, kind of out of nowhere. And then when you see that twenty-one headers won in those two matches, that's a significant number. So you recommending Mounier for third forward? No, I don't hate it. I mean, it's 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 not necessarily my first choice. I just would not be surprised. To see someone like him, like I, I, I said, we, we we'll talk about Danny Ings again today. Uh, I, I, we talked about Jimenez from Wolves last week right. as well. So there are other guys that are just a little bit cheaper. No, I think Steve Mounier is uh, he's kind of all they got. That's so, true. That's anyway. absolutely true. Crystal Palace nil, Liverpool two. A James Milner penalty kick and a Sadio Mane late goal seal the points for the Reds. All right, is the debate back on officially again? I'm not. I think if the debate's or almost. Is the debate raging? The debate should be almost over. No, no, no. The debate is not nearly over. Okay, good. Sadio Mane has scored 26 points, a 16 and a 10. He's had a great start to the season. Mm-hmm. Now, that 10 almost didn't happen, but it did. Right. Late goal, 10 points, fair and square. It's whatever. Mo Salah has put up 8 and 9. He's scored 17 points. Now, look past the fact that Milner has also scored 17 points so far this season. Oh, Doesn't no, because I think that's very important. But Salah continue. had numerous chances. What's ironic is, you know what I thought after I watched this match, Dave? Tell me. After this match against Palace today, I thought, you know what? This is early 17-18 form all over again in 18-19 for Mo Salah. I'll go, I'll go with you there. So if you want to extend that forward and think that that's going to continue, then it's nothing but clear skies ahead for Mo Salah owners. This is the point I want to throw out there. Number one, it's early, okay? And we'll probably say that multiple times throughout this pod. Here's my pro- Here's my issue with it. For Mohamed Salah to be worth the money, the $3.5 billion more than Sadio Mane, Mm-hmm. For him to be worth it, he needs to outscore him fairly significantly. Okay. And he's not doing that. He's outscored by nine points in the first two games. Mm-hmm. Salah either gets goals and or assists, but he's not getting any bonus points. You know who's getting, out of a total of six possible bonus points in the first two matches, you know who has five? is Sadio Mane. So... Salah, neither game has been on in the top five on his own team and getting bonus points. Sure. 
Bonus points are massive. Brian, who had the most chances to score between those two in this match? Salah had the most shots. So Salah, so Salah, and and I think you know it's not uh, like last season. It's not Rhino Foot, as nope. Dave said from Salah, but his it was it was like that the the Kata pass to him on the breakaway, where it's a perfectly he brings the ball in perfectly, and then his touch after that lets him down. Yeah, if he maybe kicks it to the right away from yes. the keeper. So it's bit. like it was it was good from him almost the entire time. Almost all day, and obviously, obviously, when you know the Juan Bissaka play, I mean, he's probably scoring that goal if Bissaka doesn't take him down. I mean, Hennessy could have easily could have made a made a play, he could have made Doubtful, himself big, though. whatever. But I, I would, yeah, the money on is another on solid. Day, I think unit. on another day, if this match is played exactly again, mm-hmm. I think Salah has a brace. Well, I mean, if if and no, butts no, are candy no. and nuts, I mean, <laughs> sure, sure. I mean. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess on a better day, Serge could have had not on a better day. Not on a better day, I'm saying. On a different day, two of those opportunities go in the net. Salah is going to get his. It is way too soon to sell. And I I get it. I'm the guy who said don't buy him to start the season. I totally understand, okay? I get who I am. In our own league, and people are probably seeing this in their leagues, the top eight. Okay, the top eight in the league in our in our, in our personal mini league, league in the fantasy soccer FC mini league. Yeah, mm-hmm. the top eight, two of the players have Mane and Salah, mm-hmm. so we had to throw them out. Yeah. So then the other six, only one out of the other six players have Salah. So mm-hmm. here's here's what I say: if you can do it, I so think- that's five out of eight. Okay, fair. Top Fine. eight in our league. Let me tell you what I think the best strategy is moving forward. Own them both, and I don't knock that. I'm Own not going to argue that at and all. I'm do- and I'm and doing. Brian it. is yeah. leading the league, and Brian is doing that exactly. So, this is one of the first weeks, though. One of the first weeks. <laughs> the second. Week. Wow, brilliant. <laughs> oh, geez. Classic Good. overreaction. This is true analysis on the fantasy <laughs> soccer FC podcast, right. brought to you by America. <laughs> uh, no, this is this is. I think you see the trend shifting here. Salah's transfers in were still significantly higher than his transfers out. Some people were doing that after week one. After week two, it's getting closer to 50-50. It's getting a little bit more like half and half. So it's 25,000 almost transfers out compared to 40,000 something, like 40,000 transfers in. So people are still doing it, but it's just it seems like if this keeps if this happens again next week. Well, Mane's price has already now gone up to a right. nine point seven. Mane right? and, and Rashardson are the only two players who are gonna have a point three price increase in two weeks. Mm-hmm. And rightly so. Absolutely should that should be happening. But yeah, I think I'm I'm sure plenty of people are moving their money around. I'm sure plenty of people are happy to happy to dump Salah. To go to if they don't have Mane to just go to Mane and take that three and a half dollars or now and three you know spend it on Mendy or and spread it somewhere else. Do you know what I would to. love to know the answer to? And we won't unless FPL happens to share it with us. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'd love to know at the end of this season how many negative four transfers happen compared to the total number that happened last season. 
Hmm. Because the one thing that Mo Salah is going to require of you the moment you want to bring him back into your lineup, yeah. he puts two goals in against Brighton next week, which he could absolutely do. Yeah. He might. The and moment and that especially, happens. Yeah, I, I would or, probably or wager that he might. And, the, and then more, if he does it back-to-back weeks. Sure. If he and has it's two Lester great after weeks. That, yeah, it's going to be everybody's going to be wondering what but, did, what why did I do that? And why what's going to happen, that? you will have to make two transfers to do that. The, and if the, you don't have two transfers that are free, you're going to take a negative 4 to get Mo Salah in your lineup. My point is Mo Salah's price in addition to everything else that it's making us do in this FPL season, it's going to make us take more negative 4s than we want to the moment we think we have to get him back. Yeah, but mm. I'm telling you, th- those dollars you can put Another dollar on three, at least three other players, and greatly improve in those positions, especially this year in the defense. Which is exactly what we said in the beginning of the season. What's interesting, or uh, before in our season preview, what's interesting about Liverpool is obviously they haven't given up a goal yet this Mm -hmm. season, and so you look at their lineup, and unlike City, there is more stability in Liverpool's lineup, and it's showing in the fact that. Eight players have put up at least five points in both matches. Mm-hmm. Now, Alice and the goalkeeper is one, and then you've got four defenders, the same back line that has played yep. both matches. So any of those four, the highest scoring of the four is Andy Robertson, mm-hmm. 18 points so far in the season. Greatly outscoring Virgil. Fact. I'm glad I own Robertson. I know. Yep. And so I was thinking this. Why were you defending and saying that you thought Virgil would be the better, better owned when you yourself had owned Robertson since the – First week. Well, I brought Virgil into the preview pod. I came out of it convinced by the two of you blokes <laughs> okay. that Robertson would be the better. All player. right, all paid right. Off. fair enough. Uh, and then you've got Salah and Mane and Milner. Yeah. Who and has now, started. James and, now, and now Milner gets to be the the weekly uh, wrinkle. Is that, a, is that a segment? Do we have a segment called the weekly wrinkle? I don't know if we want to do that. That sounds a little gross. Um, no, just that he took the penalty. Yeah, that's true. So, I was waiting to see if it was Salah or Mane, and yep. nope, it was Milner. Yep. Put up so, eleven points as a result. I, I don't know that you're I don't know that you're putting Milner into your midfield. I have a feeling that some people I'm sure plenty of people will, because that's how people react well, to well, those kinds of things. But uh, we'll get to this well, we'll, we'll I'll bring him back up again. He, look, he's a five point five. So cheap. add check him against the other five point five scores and or five dollar scores. Oh yeah, I'm sure he's way so, up there. Well, yeah, Milner probably is at the top or close to it. Mm-hmm. Why not Milner? No, well, I don't now, know, Dave. Why don't Liverpool you... has a lot of great options, and that's probably the biggest answer is I own three Liverpool players. James Milner isn't one of them. You know, do I I don't own Firmino. I currently own Mane, Robertson, and Trent Alexander-Arnold. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many Firmino owners are uh, a little, are, little are, nervous. Are jumpy. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah. Scott, you, what am I doing right now? You got You're your, hand, your hand, up. hand I'm one of those Firmino owners. I'm raising my hand. Let's discuss him now. What What are your thoughts on Firmino? Because, again... I'll tell you what my thoughts are. It's I, so simple. It is so simple. I don't want to get hung up too much. But yep. We always seem to in the first couple games. Nope. But the Man City and Liverpool this is easy. have a lot of fantasy-relevant players. Yes, and this one's easy. I want to get rid of Leroy Sané for Sadio Mane. I have two transfers because I did not make one. I have two free transfers. And so I wa- now in order to bring in Mane, I've got Robertson, I've got Salah, and I've got Firmino. So I've got to get rid of a Liverpool player. Right. Firmino's out. Yeah. So all I need to know from you two gentlemen on this pod is who I replace Firmino with, mm. knowing that I'm going to lose a little bit of money on the Sane to Mane 
transfer in. You're uh, going to be we shocked. Answer, let's you'll, revisit that question. Yeah, you'll be shocked at my answer. And we'll answer And that. it's not going to be Steve Mounier, Brian. No, it's not. Um, I would, yeah, and I would, I would not be my recommendation. And it can't be Jamie Vardy. Right. We'll on that later. Uh, no, I just want to add, to on the Liverpool defensive player issue, I mean, I think anyone who owns Andy Robertson was happy to get a bonus point until until Mane scored at the end. Robertson was on pay, on on track to get two bonus points. Mane bumped him down. This happened a lot this this weekend, and so it to me this is why if as assuming both players play the a similar number of matches, that Andy Robertson is going to outscore Virgil Van Dyke for the season. It has a lot to do with today. First of all, the stat—it's it's that stat sheet filling line. It's a stat stuffer. He is an absolute stat stuffer. Three key passes, a completed dribble, four tackles compared to Virgil's two. Andy Robertson, ninety-two point six percent accuracy on his eighty-one passes. Amazing. Seems like a lot. Virgil is great. Ninety-two percent on his seventy-nine passes. The, but basically, the only category that Virgil beat Andy Robertson in is clearances. That's the only significant statistical category that Virgil out, outscored him. So I, I think we've, we've talked about this a ton. Central defenders and goalkeepers tend to get bonus points in really... It, it's only in low-scoring matches. Usually just clean sheet, like, like nil-nil. If you get a nil-nil match, it's, it's only defenders and goalkeepers who amass enough points in the bonus point system to be able to get the actual bonus points at the end of the match. Right. My question would be, when when do you anticipate Liverpool, Liverpool playing a low-scoring match this season? I, what I, match are they ever going to be a low-scoring? Or are they going? I mean, today two nil is is and, lo, it feels low-scoring. And it for seemed them. like it could have been. On the Palace and or Liverpool side, much higher than and that. Milner and Mane were far and away the best bonus point getters today. With Andy Robertson kind of creeping up there in terms of a total, so I'm just saying that Andy Robertson, because of his involvement, attacking involvement going forward, he has way more opportunity. Yes, if Virgil scores a goal in one of the games and the final score is two nothing, and and it's not. Uh, Firmino or someone, you know, a, a, a striker or a midfielder scoring the goal, yeah, Virgil might end up with it. But unless there's a, a low-scoring match, it's not going to be anybody on the back line. It's yeah. not going to be the goalkeeper. But Allison did last week. Yeah. So it's just, uh, to me, I, you know, Robertson is still the guy. Although, I think it says a lot about the way they were attacking today. Trent Alexander-Arnold put in 13 crosses. Yeah. They were playing a ton on Ar- Trent Alexander-Arnold's side against what would have been Van Onholt compared to Andy Robertson on Juan Basaka's side. So that strategically, yeah, sure. I'm sure there are matches where it's going to favor, you know, still will favor Trent Alexander-Arnold. But that says so much about Andy Robertson's quality that even in a match where the primary attacking on the was on the right side, or at least based on what the two the 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 backs were doing, that Andy Robertson still came away with the bonus point. There's no doubt. Crystal Palace. Uh they got a little trouble in the back. Juan Basaka yeah. got a red card. Sorry. The bell of the ball, the bell of the early season ball of defenders, Scott. Negative two. Probably now he's out seeing for, a three-match ban. He's right? out for a little while. So all the people who transferred him in, which I, I thought about it. It's not. It wasn't a crazy thing to do to I'm make not him a, transfer him out. I'm sorry. All the people who transferred him in. Did mm-hmm. I say it the wrong way? No, all no, the no, no, no. 
you're gonna you're gonna keep him for the ban? No, sure, yeah. Well, there's one, him on your bench. There's one move you can make. There's one move you could make. Obviously, if you really, really are desperate to get him out to have a useful player, and that's Ryan Bennett from Wolves. Okay, the one guy. It's good info. Who is still who four zero and so far has started both matches for for Wolves. Okay. Uh, we talked about him last week, just as a you know, just as a hey, you need someone cheap. He's gotten a pair of ones right, so far, exactly. So that's that's why I'm saying it's that is only about money. Uh, t- well, and I guess I could I could mention um, it was Stankovic. He was also he started today as a four zero defender for Huddersfield, but I just don't think you want to do that. No, no, you're not counting on that goal happening. I, and again. that's a and that's a um, that's a Zanka miss. Also, yeah, I mean that has everything to do with that has everything to do with Zanka being out. Anyway, does anything change with Zaha? There's a lot of Zaha owners out there. Not a not a thing. A five and a two. I don't think so. You didn't you didn't transfer him in to start the season expecting anything from this Liverpool match at Watford versus Southampton. Yeah, you like your chances better in those two. Matches. I say smooth sailing for Crystal Palace until October twenty first. A very nice schedule until the at least towards the end of October. Scott, if, you're ma- if you're maxed out on, on, on Eagles like I am, you buried Tompkins and Luca on your bench like I did, and then you bring them back into your lineup for the next few weeks. Scott, someone on this pod poo-pooed when I suggested Wayne Hennessy. He seems to be quite the goalkeeper in the early going here. A nine and a two. Um, and he was very, very efficient against Liverpool today. In yeah. fact, he... It, Easily could have been more had he not been on his toes. Yeah, just ask Salah owners. You're not wrong. He's off to a good start. He is fighting for his playing time, and uh, and right now that's a good thing for him. The uh, moment the moment he sucks, the one time he sucks, yeah. he's out. Guay does it. I don't know in. if it's that. The yeah. one time. No, it literally is. Well, so that's and so that was another thing we could have talked about this past week on our. Uh, on our differentials uh, article that could have happened this week. That didn't happen. Um, no, is that Roy is that Roy Hodgson has said, I mean, he said at the start of the season, there's no reason that there's no reason not to give Wayne the shirt. He's, he finished the season great and he his he's continuing to be our goalkeeper. So I feel like as long as he is, uh, as long as he, yeah, I think it's exactly that. I think it would take a colossal screw up for him to lose the shirt anytime really soon. I think it's bound to happen. It's um, only a matter of time, in my opinion. It could. Uh, also, last thing. We saw for the first time Max Meyer mm-hmm. uh, sub in, and he subbed in for Jeffrey Schlupp, which could be one of mm. those things that's a sign sign of things. Although, Schlupp might just drop back in, I don't know. in for Wamba Jeff- Hey, Schlupp was good today Schlupp when he was, was out really there. really good. He was really good. So. I think what you said, Dave, is probably right. Brighton 3, United Two shock Man. result of the weekend. Surprise! Did you guys see the fantastic Mr. Fox? Yeah. You know, the whole Bogus Bunsen bean thing? Yeah. That's what I feel like the seagull score line here looks like. <laughs> Murray, Duffy, and Gross. Lukaku and Pogba tried to do their part, but the seagulls get the points. I don't really know what there is to do with this match other than to say the, the person you th- were hoping would do something at least two of the people you were hoping would do something based on ownership and, and based on the trend from week one continued to do what they were doing. Pogba scores another penalty. Luke Shaw assists Lukaku's goal. Yeah. Welcome back, uh, Rom. That's right. Yeah, Lukaku obviously scoring, putting up eight points for you. That feels pretty good. He was the only steady contributor 
midfield forward last year for United. Mm-hmm. And it feels like maybe in addition to Pogba, that's going to be the case again this season. Um, and we had said too, so I think we were, I was certainly uh, down on everyone jumping on Luke Shaw. But um, to, you saw it. Luke Shaw started with Ashley Young. Uh, and so I think that was Valencia is still out. No, Valencia is training, but He's does not seem back. to be right. Does not is, does not seem to be is not somebody that you'd. I I don't know that you'd expect to see him starting. But if he makes the team at all next week, I just still I feel like there's still opportunity here for shakeup, and especially a result like this. How is there not going to be some kind of shakeup? Oh, for sure. Luke Shaw's got to be the scapegoat for this loss, right? I mean, he seems to always be Mourinho's scapegoat. Well, I don't know. I don't yeah. know how even Mourinho can't help but blame Baye and Lindelof. Yeah, center I back. Agree. I just want to. Well, I just. Well, that's true. Baye and Lindelof. That's going to get blown up before uh, your left and, and right back do. But Dave, we talked about this last week. We talked about how the moment a result like this happens. All of the negative feelings that are right under the surface are going to come to the surface. I literally sat here and tried to convince you of this last week. Little did we know, less than a week later, that's exactly what would happen. Well, if if we should have, if we would have done what we should have done Mm -hmm. and gone back and looked at what happened to United last year uh, when they played certain teams. They like lost this fixture last year. They did That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, they lost other fixtures similar to this. Yeah. They have a way, especially away from home, on games that you could, uh, against teams that, that, you know, if this was against a West Ham or a Leicester or a Crystal Palace, it's a different United team that shows up. But teams like Huddersfield, Brighton, Maybe Fulham, when they come to play them, a little bit, little bit lesser talented teams, where they think they can just walk on the field and just show up, and like everyone will bow down to the United Shield, like and then that doesn't happen. And so I, it's, we should have seen this coming. Yeah. So going into next week for United, in my opinion, against Spurs, on when you first look at it, you think, oh, well, Spurs are flying. United just come off a loss. Yeah. They're looking horrible. And and I think the natural tendency is just to think that Spurs are going to roll them, but I don't think that happens probably at all. Well, the history the last four times and NBC showed it today. Did they? They've blanked them. It's six goals to Spurs zero in like the last four at wow. at, at Old Trafford. Trafford. Yeah. However, uh, it was the last actual match between the two of them where Spurs. It was Erickson scored in minute one, and then there was a. You know, it was a Phil Jones own goal. Spurs finished the match comfortably, a comfortable two two nil win. And I don't know if I'm Spurs. I'm I, I hate that. I hate that history. You, you I don't, I, and yeah. I hate that this result happened. I really yeah, do. I, right, I, because I, now United's going to be. Ga- I mean, they're going to be. Yeah, Mourinho's going to make them train in the parking lot again. Right. They're going to be pissed, and yeah. it's going to be a crazy. Match. I, be- I just feel like it's two teams that, like United. Yeah, sure, they can get up for it, but I am not at all. We can talk about Spurs when we get there, but no, I'm not. I'm not worried about Spurs going into this. So game. that leads to my follow my follow up question then to this little discussion. In our mini league, it seems like the uh, the move to make is De Gea out. Man, is it too soon for that, or is now the right time? Are, are if you're a De Gea owner, are you are you confident starting him? 
even at home against uh, Tottenham? No, you like I'm not, that. You like that matchup. I feel like this. I feel like if you've gone the De Gea route, you've invested a lot of money there. I think personally, I probably would have gone with Ederson or Becker. I did go with Ederson, but if you went with De Gea, I feel like you have the whole season in mind, and you're not going to be knee jerk. Historically, United Mourinho always are good defensively and by the end of the season De Gea will probably be there and so I just think that if it was me I I think I would probably toe the line and or just drop down to and actually save a half of a pound with going with Allison or, or you want to know what people are actually doing tell me guess who the number one transferred out goalkeeper for the week is by a large margin is it De Gea? It's David De Gea of yeah. Manchester United. That's a really good guess, yeah, Dave. Thanks. How did you know? Oh, wow, That's okay. exactly who it is. And guess who the most transferred in goalkeeper is for the week? Ederson. By a, by a large margin. Yes, exactly right. It is Ederson <laughs> well of Manchester done, City. Really good guess. Well, you know what's funny is I could improve my... I, I, I think the money works if I go from De Gea to Ederson and Sané to Mane. I could do that move. Um, no, I can't because i got to get rid of a Liverpool player. Never uh, mind. Never uh, mind. I would like to hear from uh, anyone who listens to the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast, who is one so of not the, you. If you are, yeah, I, no, that's not true. I've listened. I'm caught up. If you are one of the 5,466 people who transferred in David de Gea so far this match week, I would like to hear from you. What, what's your thinking? There? <laughs> contact us at all of our various uh, ways that you can contact. That's also, it. if you've already used your triple captain this season, oh, okay, fine. Uh, obviously, the three goal scorers for Brighton put up the best, the highest number of points. Yeah, it's like Pascal two, Gross. It's 2017 all over again. Duffy and Gross and Murray, welcome to the new season, sirs. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to say here? They go, they, you know, they play at Liverpool now. Next week is now the time to transfer these guys in. No, you're okay. You're two of the next two of the next four. You're not happy about at Liverpool. Then you get Fulham at home. Then at Southampton, you're home to Spurs. You don't like two. You don't like the two bookends there in the next four. But they say you hold. I say you hold tight. Pascal Gross. Obviously, now we know who their first choice penalty taker is. It is Pascal Gross. There's no doubt. Uh, I was a Pascal Gross owner the first two weeks, and you bailed. Uh, uh, on Sunday, I made some changes, and I had to. I felt like I had to have Rich Arlison uh, in my lineup as opposed to Gross and/or I like to call him Grob. But uh, either way, I mean, obviously, look, it paid off. I think I think Grob outscored Rich Arlison this week. This week. This week. So Rich Arlison, I like going forward a little bit better but it won't surprise me if uh, no sooner than i went i changed players i'm sure the the mojo and jinx will change and gross will be the better player the match of the weekend chelsea three arsenal two this was a fun one pedro morada and marcus alonso for the blues henrik mctarian and dave's boy alex Awobi for the gunners it's hard for me to cheer for pedro but um, I was well, sort Dave, of championing Pedro. That's my first question: is how much do you regret you regret letting Scott bully you out of picking Pedro to start the season? I hate it. I hate it. Look, you know what I hate the most is when Chelsea beats my team, and then at the end of the match, I'm trying to figure out Scott how the heck I get three Chelsea players into my lineup. Hey, guess who led the team in shots and shots on target in the match? I. 
Marcus Alonso? No, Pedro. Pedro, of course. Rejuvenated. Listen, Pedro six point five, man. Not he's, for long. No, he's not. And if you if you want him, you need to go get him right now. And it might even be too late. Listen, I want to hear. Pre- I want to hear the he's debate. Six point six. He's six point six already. already. Okay, yeah, that's what I mean. I so, want to hear the debate between Scott and Dave, Rashardson or Pedro. Pedro, technically, but even though I've already added Rashardson, I honestly why I, Pedro. Well, so so here's if you own Richarlison, why switch? Basically, here's well, the the okay, answer no, no, no. is go with the guy you've got. I agree. No, no, I agree. I I hate it, but I, I agree with you. Um, listen, um, here, but why not own both? Here's a move you could make. That's you a good midfield uh, and cheap. Here's yes. a, a move you could have made already, which I'm sure plenty of people did, was to go directly from uh, Jota at Wolves, yes. at six and a half to Pedro. So because plenty of people. Started the season with Jota. Look, I'm sure the, of that. Our podcast loves the Fancy Soccer FC podcast. Loves players playing out of position if it's forward. We love defenders like Schlott playing midfield. There's others. Pedro is playing completely forward as a midfielder. So is Salah. So is Mane. I mean, that's why we that's why we love them. They are playing completely forward, right? So. Pedro's in that same position, and he's doing it at 6.5. And on a Chelsea with a new coach, which I don't exactly know how to say his name yet. Maybe I'll figure that out. In about three minutes. Yep. But a coach who loves offensive football, Brian. Mm-hmm. And, like, so we knew this going in, and, and a couple things. As I'm watching this match, and we'll get to Arsenal in a minute, but as I'm watching this match, and and, and we've I've often mocked what is sorry ball. Well, I know this. It's get a ton of people forward and try to score. Like it That's is what it looks like. It is a what, basic description. I'm sure that I don't understand the tactics because right. I'm not in training sessions. But I know this. When I'm watching on TV, they got a million people in the box. If you're not in the opponent's half, he's yelling and waving at you. Forward. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. I mean, it is unreal. Hence, another person we're about to get to. And Golo Conte, I mocked this last week. I mocked it last week when he scored. I said he scored one goal last year. This is insane. Scott, if you didn't watch the game, you are crazy. The this guy is doesn't what know I noticed what... with Sorry Ball. No, 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 no. And Golo Conte mm, was me. so forward all the time. Okay. All the time he was forward, and he will have chances to score. I will wager right now he will at least score six goals this year. And I would take wow. that bet because the one goal. Five, five goals, five goals, five I'm goals. not going to take that wow. bet. Not but five, would... but you'll take six? Yeah, I'll bet you on yeah, I'll bet great, he doesn't score six. Like, five and a half. A, that's an amazing bet. Yeah, yeah, I'm under on five and a half. All right. You got the over. Okay. So Someone here's why I'm this? willing to take Andrew that bet. Andrew Ref, write that down. Here's why I'm willing to take that bet. Because he can play in the opponent's net for all I care. The guy's got to know how to put the ball into said net. I the agree. one goal he scored so far this season. He fluffed. And I know. Accidental. Listen, I was right with you last week. But I'm telling you, what I saw he, this game, he doesn't I've now seen it. it two games in a row. He knows how to get the ball. He knows how to pass the ball. His role is different mm. with this team. True. Well, his right? positioning is different. With this coach. His positioning is different. But... It doesn't matter. He doesn't know how to put the ball in the net. That, that's a, there's there's some, there's something to that. You can luck yourself into five goals. Well, you better hope it's six. Well, based on the he already duffed one, so <laughs> five more. Fair enough. Here's the question I have for you about Pedro. Here's a question I have for you. It's some somewhat Pedro related. No one can answer this question. Who 
does Hazard start in place of? William. It has to be William. Does Kovacic start? And if he does. Barkley. Do you think Pedro's, you feel entirely safe having Pedro? Why in the world? So I think Sorry loves Pedro. Pedro has he has been. The I don't top feel. Performer. I don't feel entirely safe with Pedro just because he was such a rotation casualty last, last year for Conte last season. I think. So, I think the, Pedro is is exactly what what Sorry loves. I think what a lot of Chelsea fans, but you know, they might be a little bit. I mean, I'm sure they're happy to see the win. I'm sure they're happy to see the goal. But there were plenty of articles discussing whether or not you know Chelsea could go back to Hazard as a false nine. Like they did, like Conte did off it, and on last season. Sit Murata out. And have Murata out. That's interesting. Uh, but, hey, guess who? Guess who's being transferred in 41,000 times, probably more than that, th- already this week? Avaro Murata. And I would, I would guess it's, so, that could very well be f- the 40% of the 100,000 Vardy owners who's already sold Vardy this week. It's even money. And so, Scott, listen, you were saying earlier, who should I add as a striker Murata i wouldn't hate, I wouldn't hate that, that I'm i know not you're i know you're not going to do it i'm not doing that right but i don't think it's terrible before we move on to some of our segments uh we'd be remiss not to mention marcus alonzo yeah an 11 and a 13 to start the season how i can't figure out how to get in, him into my lineup fast well enough. hey do you want this is I, i'm shocked in two matches he has 205 touches He's touched the ball 205 times, 102 and 103 in in consecutive matches. You look at 102 against uh, against Huddersfield, and you say, okay, I can see that. They probably had the ball a ton. 103 against Arsenal yeah. this week, and it really is close to 50-50 in terms of where he's touching the ball in the defensive versus attacking half. Unbelievable involvement Absolutely looks like no drop-off offensively compared to last season, Marcus Which I'm Alonso. shocked about. That's great. Man, oh, man. Now, before we move on to Arsenal, we need to bring back everyone's favorite segment, How to Say with Brian J. Now, now Brian J., we've already uh, mentioned this guy's name a yeah. few times. The problem well, is, I don't know if it was said properly. But, but the problem is, is we're hearing it two different ways. Mm-hmm. So Dave, last week, mentioned... Chelsea's manager is sorry, mm-hmm. which I was convinced he was. He was so heartfelt the way he said it. I started saying sorry as well. So mm-hmm. we're on we're on okay. one side, but every British announcer, every last one of them, is saying it as sorry. Mm-hmm. So we asked you to clear up the record once and for all. Yeah. Set us straight. How do you say the Chelsea manager's name? Sure, we can do a quick little how to say here, but I should warn you. This is going to be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Is there going to be music for this, Dave? Um, of course. I'm sure we'll. I'll, f- I'll probably find some little tune that's playing in some Italian cafe well, somewhere. No, oh, I like it. Well, okay. Just well, go to Olive Garden. The music, oh, yeah. man. You know, when you suggested we do this, Scott, I was really torn because my head said that we should use the song "Sorry" by Justin Bieber. My heart said oh. that we should use. Hard to say I'm sorry by Chicago. Yes. But then my stomach <laughs> suggested both You're Not Sorry by Taylor Swift and Sorry by Ciara. Wow. But then I thought that's going to get tricky. I ignored it. 
and then there's this part about halfway up my thigh that said we should probably just play all the biggest hits from LMFAO's album Sorry for Party Rocket. Then I decided, you know what? We've had some legendary artists in How to Say these past few years. You know who we haven't had? Uh, Elton Frickin' John. Oh, yeah. So my soul said to use sure. the song, Sorry seems to be the hardest word. But that just isn't true. No? So then I was back to square one again with just brain, and it seemed like the best thing was just to pick a song at random, which after the random drawing, um, Bieber won. Beavers! Yeah. Okay. Uh, so uh, appropriate, too, because Chelsea's tar-lunged manager <laughs> is none other than Maurizio Sari. And if you want to get real Italian about it, you want to trill those R's. Maurizio Sari. So the English uh, Mar- Maurizio Sari. So it's not announcer Dominic De Coco. The NBC. You watching Glorious Bastard? Yes, yes. The NBC pronunciation guide again. We love NBC, but again, it got it wrong. Not a surprise here. So we're gonna go with Sorry. Such a good movie. Now speaking of tar lungs. We're bringing Gorlami. back the manager quote of the week. Oh, oh yeah, great. Man. Which is the quote that Brian referenced. Mm-hmm. Sorry said this. He said, I enjoyed the match for 75 minutes. Oh, yeah. The other 15 minutes, it was better to smoke, I think. <laughs> it was a wonderful match for everybody, but those 15 minutes were horrible. It's only horrible if you didn't have a cigarette. Mm-hmm. Am I right? If, if he would have been allowed, which he's probably not allowed... He would have just lit one up for those 15 minutes. He might have. We didn't... There was no sorry, Cam, for this That's match. true. We don't know. Don't know. Uh, Dave, we've talked about Chelsea enough now. we got to focus on your squad. Mkhitaryan and Iwobi putting in the goals. Uh, so there was... Of course Iwobi some... does after I mock him, right? <laughs> hey, listen, I told you. He's your boy. Uh, let's start out with an Arsenal moment, and we'll get into some other Arsenal stuff after that. All right. Well, I... I... I decided this week to I, fi- I finally have, have felt like uh, emotionally I'm there now and I can address the club in an in a open letter. Oh, okay. So right. I, I uh, prepared an open letter. Dear Arsenal, well, we are finally on to a new season, an exciting season. And for the first time in 22 years, you have a new manager. You also have some new signings who are fitting in nicely and things in general seem to be looking up. Now, if you look at the results from the first two weeks, you might think the opposite. We lost both, one to City and one to Chelsea, where we had our chances. They performed valiantly and there was major progression from match week one to match week two. And that's massively encouraging. I can only hope that as the dear friend you are, you will continue growing, becoming the best you can be. My one piece of advice is to play Lacazette and Torreira more. Well, enough for this week. Looking forward to West Ham. Well, it can only go up from here, right? I would like to think so. Look, they a lot of people, anyone who watches, knows how many chances Arsenal had to score. Obama Yang missed two sitters, which we'll probably get to in a minute. Uh, 100%. You want to get to it now? Yeah, sure. All right. So there was a lot of big misses this week on the whole in the league. But a lot of guys who missed clear chances at goal scored 
their later chances yeah. in the match. That yeah. happened quite a, to quite a few guys. There's one guy, though, who only missed, and that was Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. And you know what? When you lose by a goal and you have at least one, but I would yeah. say he probably had two at least good chances no, to score. He had, no, no, it wasn't at least... He had two yeah. in front. I mean, goals that he scores every time stuff. That and he missed them both. That means you absolutely are going to win the Christian Benteke Wasteful Player of the Week award. It you no, know, this will probably be the only time he ever wins it. But I he, cannot believe we're giving this to him. He wins it honestly. I I hate it, but he does win it honestly. I love the fact that he came out on Twitter after the game and said, "I missed today." Like, it won't happen next week. I, I, cool. I remember the exact quote. He didn't say it won't happen next week. But he did say, I missed today, looking forward to next week. So, like, look, he knows it. Everyone knows it. And it's not something that happens much. But guess what? He wins this award easily. Now, I don't know if I can describe what I'm picturing in my own head well enough to do this justice. But I'm going to try anyway. Dave, if this sucks, just edit the whole thing out. But do you ever see those charts where you got all of the squads listed in in a column along you know vertically uh, along the left side yes and then those same clubs are listed across the top in a row across the top uh horizontally yes and then you you see you know you fill in all the fixtures and it creates this you know the, these blank spaces that, that create this diagonal line down yeah. the chart uh and you know, basically what i'm rep- what this represents is you know you, you see who played who when and what the results were so if you look like looking uh either down or across, you're always looking at the same thing. You're looking consistently at the same results. So like, for instance, if you take Arsenal and you, you know, they're in the row and you fill in their results against all the teams that are across the, in the row across the top, you see who they play and, and what their results were. My point is this. Yes. If you have something like that, what you would see if you look for Arsenal is probably two of the six toughest fixtures you can play in the Premier League, yeah, I think either City fixture, and then at Stamford Bridge, are, are are you know those are two of the top like, like top, top five 10, or top, top six 10 at least at the at the at the, at the worst. worst top ten that Arsenal have played now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone looks at the table. You know, you look at the Arsenal table. Seventeenth in the table. Seventeenth in the table on goal difference. One of four clubs with zero points. But what people they hyper focus on points. Yeah. And matches played. What they don't take into account is who those matches have been played against. Zoom out a level, people. Zoom out a level and see what this is. There is no reason to panic here. Yeah. There's no reason for Emery, uh, Unai Emery, to, to panic or any of his players. This is going to get better. If you own an Ars- if you own an Obama Yang, if you've transferred well, and, in. And I wanted to get to that because a lot of people are transferring him out. Of course they are. I own him, but I think, I, I think to myself, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why would I transfer him out now? Exactly. That his fixtures are amazing. You're selling low. So, and, and Classic this, mistake. A, a lot of people who might want to go to Kane. Kane, and we'll get to them in a minute. So, well, but if you have Obama Yang and you do not have Sergio Aguero, that's would, a decision. I'm, I'm assuming you're making the even swap. To Sergio. have probably already done it, and I'm guessing that Aguero is uh, Aguero's price has gone up and I'm assuming uh, uh, Obama Yangs will go down here soon I because he's that. close. He's close to a hundred thousand transfers. I out own right Aguero and Obama Yang, but I think Scott, forgive me for for stealing that. No, that's look. Now is the time to own him. That's right. Look, would you rather own Obama Yang for the next three weeks? Um, against 
Yes. Yeah, the answer is yes, no yes. matter who Against you're about to say. Home to West Ham at Cardiff at Newcastle, or would you rather own Harry Kane, who is United Watford Liverpool? And I know that that quite the answer to that is like, oh man, that's tough. I get it. It is Harris Kane. Mm. I'm just saying, man, Aubameyang the next six weeks now, uh, is going to be the whole build up for Arsenal has been get through the first two, yeah, and then. I'm saying 10 of their next 11 are plus matchups. Yeah. 10 of the next 11 and definitely the next eight weeks. That was the whole thing with Arsenal was getting through those first two. You got a chance to see what they can do. You got fantasy points from people. Yes. Where at least the first week you, you may maybe weren't expecting a ton. I was surprised that there was none. So the fact that this was easily, like anyone said, easily could have been five goals scored for Arsenal yeah. in, this, in this match. Chelsea... Very lucky to come away with a 3-2 win. Here. Worst case, Arsenal deserved a draw, yeah. right? The I mean, chances that Arsenal... Yeah, both teams defensively were shabby. I mean, at best, they were shabby against each other, but that's like... Alonso's offense is the reason why he scored a lot right, of points. It wasn't a, his defense. Right, that's right. exactly that's it. True. Like This is not... And I, and I would say that speaks more to the, the attacking quality of both sides sure. and the defensive... Uh, lack of quality. Right. No, I'm going to say if you're if you're transferring a bombing out now, then you are you fall into one of two categories. You either don't know what you're doing, or you have fallen on your head in the last week. <laughs> it's one of those two things. <laughs> and, and Wait, so, so straight swap for Aguero, you would say no. Um, you would take a you would take a bombing given the matchups or whatever in the next however many weeks. Since City's fixtures are just as good, I was going to say you. You could make that move, and I'd be okay with that. If you're selling, if you're transferring out for anybody else, though. So I'll, I'll say this, and, and real quick, and we'll move on. This will lead into something else. I think Brian wants to get to. At halftime, Arsenal made a move, and finally, which I've been screaming my head off for the for the first whole game, and then this the second game, the first half of the second game, is Granite Xhaka's got to get out of the lineup. In a segment we like to call, Dave, how many more weeks of Granite Xhaka can Arsenal fans stand? I None. The answer is none. It was never even one. And I've been banging my head against the wall, losing my mind, the fact that this guy is still starting. And finally, at halftime, they made a change and brought in Torreira, and and that made a world of difference. I mean, look, Chelsea got the goal but after Lacazette literally from the front line passed it back. Chelsea steals it and that's what the, that's what led up to the goal. So, I mean, it, it literally but that the, anyone who's watching the game when Torreira came on to the match and then also when Lacazette comes into the game, like those two guys completely changed their side. Yeah, you don't want Lacazette defensively he was terrible against yes. Eden Hazard that one time. Right. Yeah, I mean, technically, yes, that's exactly what happened. But with that guy in the field with Hazard, you can't be bad. Anyways, moving on, I think there's going to be better days. Brian, is there anything anything else look, you want to talk about? No, I just want to say, look, we the the matchups are great. They're not good. They're great. Still remain as would anyone else remain unconvinced by Arsenal's defense. However, they're not playing Manchester City and Chelsea for the next eight weeks. They're playing a bunch of mid and lower table quality teams i say one if the 13 percent that own hector bellerin you're probably not doing anything with him i'm sure if you if sure. you've already invested in him the same thing like anyone's selling almost Don't sell almost low. any almost any arsenal player i can understand if you had ozil and you're selling ozil say for mctarian right 
I can understand if you're moving from Obama Yang to Sergio Aguero. Anyone else, if you started with these guys, what in the world are you doing getting rid of them now? That's right. No, welcome back, Nacho Monreal. Yes. Uh, 0.8% owned. $5, $5.5, same price as any of the other guys. He's the 31st most transferred in. So this is not a move that a ton of people are making. It's around 3,500 people that have transferred in Nacho Monreal. Five goals and two assists for Nacho. Guess against who? Hammers, Swansea, Crystal Palace in January, Everton, Brighton. Hector Bellerin had two goals and three assists last season. Nacho had five goals, two assists. I, I, to me, I think that is such a, I think that is such a, a non-risky, strong play given the movement of just about everybody else that's in here. Of course, if you have already made your move to Marcus Alonso, which I'm sure a ton of people have, or Mendy, or you know, the, the or Andy Robertson. Right. Like, great. Of course you're moving to those guys. Everyone's going to move to those guys. I'm saying that the schedule being this favorable, heck, Czech could be a great differential guy in the next eight weeks. Eight saves from Czech. It doesn't seem like he's in any risk of losing, his, uh, losing the shirt. I'm shocked. I am truly, he, truly, He truly made shocked. some great saves in I this I know match. he did. Just don't expect him to kick the ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's all. That's all that I think. And, the schedule is so favorable for them. This is the other and, thing, too. And, and attacking is so strong for them. Mon, with Monreal, just fo- focusing on him, Arsenal typically play more down the right side. Bellerin crossing it from the right across. You know who always, Brian, ends up on the back post? Is Nacho Monreal. And that mm-hmm. is where he ends up lucking into sort of some goals from the back post on Bellerin's crosses. So it won't surprise me if in the next two weeks you might get a goal. And now it's time to hear from this week's sponsor. Yay! Nice. Hi. This is Maurizio Sarri. New oh. Chelsea manager. Oh, wow. And I'm here to tell you about British American Tobacco. <laughs> yes. Founded in 1902, British American Tobacco continues to go from strength to strength. Thanks to market-leading brands, a successful strategy, talented people, and our commitment to transforming tobacco. They build their business on outstanding products, informed consumer choice, and a drive toward a reduced-risk portfolio. Mm, this leads to more choice, more innovation, potentially less risk. Learn more about British American Tobacco at BAT.com. You'll be glad I told you about them the next yeah. time my squad decides to take 15 minutes off. Remember, <laughs> that's BAT.com. Okay. Yeah, Maurizio! Yeah, all right. Tottenham 3, Fulham 1. Plugging, Lucas. Plugging cigarettes. <laughs> Reduced risk cigarettes, sir. <laughs> yes, uh, no, keep going. Redo intro. Yeah, no, redo intro. I, I, I want it in there. Tottenham three, <sighs> Fulham one. Lucas Trippier and Kane scoring for Spurs. Mitrovic gets one back for the Cottagers. And guys, I just have to insert here before anything else. Harry Kane proving. That the August curse is a thing. He has only scored one time in 15 <laughs> oh, come on. August you appearances you in the Premier League. That's bull. <laughs> Harris and I broke our curses <laughs> this weekend. The Spurs' slow-starting World Cup player hangover continues. Man, it in, did for about in an hour. My face for about an hour. It did. But hey, I. It's like you said, Brian. If Spurs right back 
could just be a thing. Oh my god! First thing, it's one of the main things that was discussed this past weekend mm. when when Trippier's doing his thing. Brian, who looked as good as we thought well, he let's would. Let's give credit to you, Brian. You're the one that said, "I just want Spurs right back." Whoever Spurs, Spurs right back, give me that guy. Spurs right back is such a massively productive position. I I can't believe if, it. If you could fit into your lineup five guys: Alonzo, Mendy. Rea Trippier and Juan Basaka because he's cheap and or whatever. <laughs> okay, like uh huh. I think Dave just gave got, us his you defense. Got, you got you are crushing defense if that's the case, right? Yes. Is it silly to own them both? Yes. And just to have one sub in for You'd, the other because because you would have to you would have to have you'd have to basically what you would do is you would start Trippier. Regardless, uh-huh. and then always have Keep RA, RA as, as your first sub. first sub. Yeah, or well, no, because no matter what, you, the strategy would be you, you couldn't make it a midfielder. You you'd have to have you'd have to have a nobody. You you'd have to make the strategy in a way that no matter what, you're you're having a defender sub in. Uh, and you could only said, it's you just too, only it's own just too expensive. One other spur, right? In addition to that, right. So, which is not bad. I, I mean, to me, Have Harris or, yeah, or it, to yes, for me, it would be, for me, nine and five so far this I season. I know. I if it was, you know, I would want it to be Kane just for the big, the big ceiling. But yeah, Delhi's been very good. Erickson, uh, my favorite stat of the week, I think. Christian Erickson is the only player so far in two weeks with six or more shots to not score. Everyone else that has taken that many shots has converted at least Horribly one. Horribly unlucky. No, Kane's August curse is the reason why we haven't paid more attention to Erickson's perpetual slow starts. This is how he. This is how his seasons go. As someone who has owned Erickson twice, mm-hmm. uh, over the la- uh, who has owned him over the last two years, once early in the season and once in the second half of the season, I can tell you that his points will come in batches over the second half of the season. See me in November if you want to sell me on Christian Erickson. I'll be a buyer then. He's For now, score a brace this week and piss in your cornflakes. At United, I guess if Bailly and Lindelof are the center half pairing, maybe. Otherwise, go. not a chance. Well, maybe not a chance. He did last time. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, a lot of people, more people for sure, are selling Kane going into this next. Selling. I, I'm, Kane. I'm assuming three three match stretch is what what people are looking at. I mean, it's. I, want, I, I mean, aren't you surprised? I, to me, it's surprising. He scored. Want, he scored his goal, and now he's a he's a top transfer out. Kane is Kane. He's fixture proof. That's what I would I think. agree for the most part. But here's the deal: he is going up against typically historically two of the top defenses in the last however many games in the league, and they're both away. No. no, they get Liverpool at home. Liverpool well, Liverpool at home game. will be Wembley so, because the new stadium is and not, that's going to be ready massive. That's, that's going to be a massive fixture. Yeah, you want to say Lucas Mora? Yes. Well, we, that's true. Yeah, just that it's just that he should have scored. He should have scored the, his first chance. I don't know honestly. It's I, I, how he missed the header that Ben Davis put to him. He yeah. was is, a candidate. Is a pure mystery. Again, another candidate. He was a he was a Benteke Award candidate, but he scored later on, and so we took it away. Callum Chambers, terrible back pass that Mora yes. picks off, and if it's not for a bad touch there, he probably scores. Mm-hmm. Kane scores on the on the deflection on yeah. the bad touch. 
at the beginning, but Mora that Mora's shot was great. His goal was great. Here's the problem with Lucas Mora. Mm-hmm. He's seven pounds. Okay. There's other guys, Rich Arlison. I know I, I'm saying his name wrong. Yeah, and Pedro. Pedro. Mm-hmm. Like, there's other guys, but man, Lucas Mora has been very surprising. The other thing is when Sun comes back and or when Sun starts playing, does he take playing time away from Mora? And and we won't know. We won't know till later. But Lucas Mora is interesting to me. For Fulham. Yeah, on the Fulham side, Mitrovic, Mitrovic obviously gives you six points. Sessegnon mm-hmm. gives you five. Fabri, for as bad as he's been, you've got eight points on the season from him. Yeah. But mostly, I, I assume, without looking at the stats, because of the amount of shots he's seen. Fifteen. <laughs> Fifteen wow. saves wow, in wow, two wow. weeks. He had yeah. two bonus points here. He wow. finishes with two bonus points in this match, which is nutballs. <laughs> Besides that, there's not much else here, yeah? I mean, are no, you... Just are that, you no, just that, no, I, just that Sessegnon showed quality here, and, and he Mitrovic was is... forward. There was rumors right. he was going to no, play that's as exactly a it. That was the, the fear, and it had everything to do, he said, with, with Joe Bryan and his injury. So, as long as that stays the way it is, Ryan Sessegnon showed... I, th- I mean, he... I mean, probably should have been putting a shot on target whenever he assisted Mitrovic. Right. Mitrovic hit the post... 47 minutes. He has nine shots, which is the most in the Premier League. He's tied with Sergio Aguero. So I think both guys are, uh, you know, should be on radars. And for people transferring out Ryan Sessegnon, like, same thing again. Like, if you started with Sessegnon, we said this last week, if you had Sessegnon and you didn't have Richarlis and you don't have Pedro and you made that move at the, you know, after week one, totally understandable. But now it's the same thing. Only one of the next five for Fulham is scary. They play Burnley at home, then they go at Brighton, at Manchester City, Watford, and then they're at Everton. Like those are five. Those are five okay. You know, not five. The City matchup's not good, but not the worst. So I just it, to me, it just seems odd that people are you know that you're gonna you know go out of your way to get a guy. He finally shows promise against Tottenham, and. You know, Ryan Sessegnon is a casualty here for a lot of people's rosters. No doubt. Odd timing. Burnley 1, Watford 3. Bad day or the start of something oh, we've been predicting for some time? Oh, boy. Uh, first of all, is a 3-1 drubbing at home enough for Tom Heaton to get his shirt back? I mean, is this is this is is the is Joe, Joe Hart, Hart's fault? Is the Joe Hart filling in 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 net experiment over? Yeah, probably it should be. I know it's not. I mean, it's not it's not his fault, but the fact that they gave up a goal so quickly, the fact that they gave up a goal extremely quickly to start the second half. Yeah, but Andre Gray's strike was was pleasant to watch. Yeah, a hundred percent for sure. I think I think I think the goals were all especially Deanie's goal was great. Corey's pass was great. Uh, Will Hughes' strike was and was Will delightful. Hughes. Oh my gosh, Matt Lowton. That was the start of the beginning of the end for Matt Lowton uh, in that match. I'm sure that's probably I mean, by the by that point. Not only are you down three one because you made a terrible a terrible giveaway. Stepping on Isaac Success's hey, hand late on—that's pretty stupid. Yeah, this podcast pumped Will Hughes. Scott, you own him. Sure do. Yep. 
Felt great to see that goal go in. Eleven fantasy points in two weeks. What are we to think about Will Hughes? Will, he's your you, fifth defender. Or, sorry, he's your fifth midfielder. You're to think about him. What we said three weeks ago. That's right. Which is absolutely own Will Hughes, fifth midfielder, without what are we doubt. To think about Roberto Pereira, who didn't get a piece of the scoring this match. Exactly what I thought he would get. It's a risk. He's streaky. It's a risk, but you know what? He yep. could easily put in eight points for you next week. It's the same as everyone who jumped on Holobos coming into this match. Like, are you really ex- assuming you're you're going to get two assists from Holobos every week? No, never in a million years. Um, the I think to answer the beginning question, it doesn't feel great for Burnley Mm-mm. and three one at Watford. Okay, maybe. The home, you know, home away records for them. You know, it's not, Fortress Turf more and all that. You look at the, you know, you look at the result away, and it's three one. If you're if you're at Watford and you lose three one, not great, but still, you're like, all right, well, at least we have the history for this. Three one at home, not good. I've got the headline for you. I know that the headlines have already been run mm-hmm. since this match was played, but here's here's my headline: Turf more, Mortress no more? Question mark. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, you don't like that. Send one? it. Oh, we'll man, say, ask for ask for people's. All right, I'll go back to writing limericks and advertisements. <laughs> yeah. Um, James Tarkowski puts in the goal for the Clarets. That gives him seven points in uh, two weeks in a row. Uh, the rest of your defense, uh, a point. Yeah, the one guy I was another guy I really wanted. I did want to genuinely in my heart and and, and on paper I have it uh, to be able to say I really wanted to to plug Goodmanson because one who finished with the sixth best assist total in the premier league last season, uh, Johan Berg, Johan Berg Goodmanson yeah. tied with Pascal gross. So he had one more assist than R- Roberto Firmino did last season. Wow. When they played Southampton, he, it was obvious that he was the attacking, the attacking threat for Burnley in that match. Right. Well, first of all, he had 10 crosses, Against Southampton, which only only two players for any team attempted more. Right, and then if not for a Jack Stevens block, Goodmanson is scoring a goal against Southampton, and he's following it up with an assist this week for Tarkowski. I just think when four point seven percent or whatever it is right now, FPL managers own Fred, and you don't own someone like Goodmanson who is six dollars. And is owned less than two percent. Like this is a guy who can easily duplicate what he did last season for a really reasonable amount of money. Everton two, Southampton one. Walcott had himself a day. Richarlison also scored in this one for the second week in a row. Danny Ings, welcome to the Saints. Mm-hmm. Hey, you intrigued by Theo Walcott? No, not at all. <laughs> no. Uh, remember really? last year when he started playing for Everton? When he was transferred from Arsenal yeah, he to did Everton? Real good. For a match. Yeah, it took him a while then to do anything. After else. that, it was little to nothing until the close to the end of the season. Hey, though, based on chances, Theo Walcott should have ended this match with a, a, bra- a brace, should have happened. A hat trick was not out of the question. Gilfie put a pass to him that he absolutely should have buried, and he did not. And. Not also as a slight aside, there Gilfie's delivery was excellent this entire match. Gilfie looked great. 
Unfortunately, um, it's not showing up in the fantasy score no, sheet. Not, Three points not on yet. the season. And, and, he, and people are getting rid of him, I think, justifiably right now. But either way. Go um, to his teammate. Richarlison, right now, and I'm and sure nine. that's what people are doing. I'm sure that's I'm sure that's what a ton of people are doing. But either way, Theo, yeah, Theo definitely should have ended with more than a goal and an assist, which is which is crazy because he still put in 13 mm-hmm. uh, fantasy points. Uh, I mean, right now it's fascinating to see. I always love to look at the lineups, the real life lineups when the matches are you know an hour from kickoff. Sure, but with Everton right now, it's even more fascinating than normal because. Marco Silva, Everton manager, is playing the old guys. Yeah, He's got a ton of signings waiting to be played. Some of them are ready, some of them are not. But he is playing the old guard right now. Mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of time before the new guard gets sprinkled into this lineup. And it makes Everton players... I get that the results are there. Uh, you know, There's some fantasy points sprinkled here throughout this squad. But it's just fascinating to see. There's going to be a, a period of time here shortly where changes are going to be slowly made and it's going to have some fantasy upheaval here a little bit. That's another reason why Walcott, I'm not going anywhere near this this 13 yeah. that he put in this last week. I don't know how many more weeks he'll play. Uh, did you know that Morgan Schneiderlin is the third most popular midfielder in fantasy Premier League that is $4.50? Six points on the season. He put four of those in this past week mm-hmm. at four and a half pounds. That's not terrible. No, and he did get injured. Uh, uh, Marco Silva said it was, look it should be just a small problem with his hamstring, but it's still uh, determining what exactly it is. That set piece that they ran to get Walcott the goal, <laughs> which was, he almost flubbed a little bit, almost really ran. He got it really nice. Yeah, he did. Uh, and Morgan Schneiderlin's been one of the guys, I mean, he's one of the players who's been really outspoken about how much different it is this season compared to last season, how much better the communication is, how much better their fitness has been, the better analysis from Marco Silva, like clearer expectations from manager to players. I think it's showing. I mean, I think, I mean, they, they you know, they've done well. I think... You know they definitely deserve to deserve to win in this match, and probably you know if not for Phil Jagielka, you know being a moron, they probably <laughs> win. They probably win last week too. Now with Southampton, the real question, the only question, is this: Uh huh. Is Danny Ings a viable fantasy option at five and a half? It's pounds? not the only question, Scott. There's at least one other. Well, let's start he- with this one: Is Danny Ings this week's goal scorer a viable fantasy option? Or is he just the next unplayable Southampton striker? He's, uh, I say he's in. I think he was. So in, you, he was in last week. You're stutter dudding him, is what you're doing, right? Well, it's simply yes. Basically, what I'm saying Within is reason. I'm not saying he's going to be. What's more real? Is it the goal that he scored here, or is it the shirt that he's wearing while he scored it? Because well, we both. Brian said in our preview pod. Southampton striker is an unplayable proposition. Yeah, I know what I said, and I and now that was pre Ings. Yes, that's that's that is looking at Charlie Austin, Shane Long, Manolo Gabbiadini, but and and uh, mainly and who, because and, you don't know who's playing there, right? Now, well, also and because they you know they've scored collectively less points than Danny Ings so far this now, season. Yeah, now the stat last year that everyone wanted to jump on was that when Charlie Austin was healthy, 
his he was scoring goals at, at a, a higher rate per minute than any other striker in the Premier League. That's correct. So, but Charlie Austin spent so much of the year hurt. And then when he finally got in, he wasn't as he was wasn't as effective, and they weren't using he wasn't used as much at the end of the at the end of the season as people kind of were assuming he was going to be. The difference with Ings is from the second that they signed Danny Ings, Mark Hughes has been saying. This is like I, we feel great about this. I can, like we. I am excited for this player. I think he's going to fit in perfectly with what we're doing here. He comes off the bench last week and is the probably the most effective player on the on the pitch for them. Starts with Charlie Austin this week and their partnership was good. But Danny Ings six shots, all of them inside 18, 18 yards. Five of them, five of his shots in and around the six-yard box. He's had seven shots in two matches, which is second so far to Aguero and Mitrovic. Wow. With nine. He has a brace here. This is a brace. Yeah. If it's not for one thumb, as as uh, Jordan Pickford flubs that the shot that Cedric put on directly on goal, yeah. Ings puts it. It's, it's on target. And Pickford deflects it directly up into the bar. Yeah. I mean, it is the luckiest save that has ever happened, probably in Jordan Pickford's career. That's two I mean, that's a brace. It's absolute miracle deflection. So so, so at five point five, is he that is he do you like him better than Mounier? I I For I do third, like him better than Mounier because of the, the the upcoming schedule for Southampton. And the guy who I would compare him to first is Jimenez for Wolves. Okay. Cuz they're equal cuz they're equal same same exact value. Okay. But yes, my my choice would be Ings based on the fact that two of their next three matches are at home. Yeah. It's Leicester at Crystal Palace and Brighton, which now, I mean, don't know what you think about playing at Crystal Palace. Right. But um but yeah, I mean, I, I feel like their their schedule's not terrible, and he is. I mean, this guy's like he's playing angry. Well, Brian, who tell me about Mario Lamina? Just that Lamina has been as he's been as involved. Uh, this is second week where he's like the key guy, you know, with Ings and attack. I mean, he's just he assists the Ings goal on a you know just on a skimmed header here. He's five dollars, and point three percent of people own him. I mean, Mar- Lamina was, and Lamina was the guy who. I mean, he had the probably the best other chances against Burnley in Week One. I know that ends nil nil, but he was the one that was. I think he was the one who was putting the best, uh, the best chances towards the net in in Week One for Southampton. So five zero. Would you rather own uh, Ingolo Conte or Mario no, Lamina? I, I'm just saying, like I, I'm just saying, like Lamina to to have an attacking return here is is definitely positive. I mean, you're you're just. I feel like you're you're not swapping guys around at five dollars. Like you're not going to swap Conte for Lamina. You're not you're not getting rid of Jorginho or Will Hughes. Uh, okay. For whatever reason, tons of people are bailing on Neves after one week, which I think is so hilarious. Right. But like, yeah, I don't think you're shuffling guys around here. But this is one of those guys. It's like keep your you, eye on it. Yeah, you want a differential guy? This is like the peak of differential mountain. Wow. Lester two, Wolves nil. The aforementioned Neves. 
not on the score sheet, but his teammate Doherty is after an own goal. James Madison putting in the second. Hey, Brian, there's no better way to score than shooting once, having it on target, and having it go in. Wolves, ridiculously unlucky not to score here. Agreed. Unbelievable start for if them you got to, half, yield, to yield nothing. It's true. If you got half points for hitting any part of the post <laughs> yeah. or the crossbar, Wolves would have still won this match. Yep. Uh, Matinho, Jimenez, both Jeez. hit the woodwork. But, hey, Matinho looks pretty good. Darty, unlucky also, put had an unbelievable attempt that was saved and probably should not have been or would not have been on a luckier day. Um, no, Jimenez putting one off the post is exactly what I'm talking about. Like, I, I just don't I, like if you're bailing on these guys because of this result because you got nothing from people here. What? Why? What are you doing? Uh, you want to know what people are actually doing? Want to know? You want to know what people are actually doing with uh, of with their players? The number of transfers out for Wolves after a week where everyone was jumping on Neves. Uh, those these guys are uh, now Neves is in the top. He's around twentieth most transferred out. Forty five thousand people transferred him out already for the match week. Joda is a huge sell for six around sixty thousand people have dumped uh, have dumped Joda, but not on this result. Shouldn't have done it. Wow, Lester, what happened over there, Scott? Uh, Leicester is who we thought they were. They were relatively impressive in defeat against United after game week one, mm -hmm. and it's exactly what we thought would happen here again. I mean, James Madison continues to look impressive. Yeah. I think if you're going to uh, transfer him in, you need to do it now and plan for him to fade in the second half of the season. It's something that we classically see for a young player in his first Premier League season. I think now is the time to, to transfer James Madison in if you're going to do it. I'm not saying he's going to score every week, uh, but 11 points through two matches, I think that that's something that you can capitalize in the short term and plan to transfer him out as he starts to fade. Is, I your, think is your money better spent on Madison or Pedro? They're both same same price. Well, Madison's not coming out of the lineup. Okay. Uh, you know, we talked so about how Pedro... A question. Like, we don't know. It's not likely Pedro's going to come out uh, you know, but I agree with you chance. guys, but there's a chance. And if it does happen, then Madison owners are going to feel really good about that. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, the guy here is, I mean, the one guy to look at is Ricardo Pereira, mm -hmm. a four and a 12. Top scorer right now for Lester. Uh, I mean, he's you know pretty high up there altogether His for defender scoring. 5.0. Not for long. Uh, if, you're, if you're wild carding early, like if you've taken a couple weeks and looked, if you're going to wild card around the first international break, which is a strategy. We'll talk about this in a couple weeks. That's a strategy that I follow. Ricardo Pereira probably should be one of the guys you transfer in with your um, card. At least for the first two weeks, you have to like the Pereira-Madison partnership here. They, they, this is the second time Pereira, well, I should say that is the actual first time, but easily could have been the second time that Pereira assisted Madison because he had a similar play against Manchester United that resulted in a great save. But Pereira assists Madison's goal here. Right. Pereira did move to right back. Mark Albrighton came in and was playing the position that Pereira was in last week. But, I mean, I, I said, if, if I'd had time to finish it and we can reference this forever, it was, <laughs> this, is in a, a, yeah, this is a differential, this would have been a differential uh, article choice for, uh, for Ricardo Pereira. But this is exactly what some people were warning 
uh, with some of the other players that they have available, and it did happen, but it didn't impact anything he was doing in attack. You want to know why he had all three bonus points? I was wondering. Because he had 72 touches in the match, which was second for Leicester. It was only second to Chilwell. Only Chilwell had more touches. And then it's the same thing. He's just the stat-stuffing guy. A, a key pass. Three aerial duels. He led the team in tackles again this week. An interception and five clearances. Harry Maguire had seven clearances. You expect that. But Pereira with five and then Pereira got a ton of uh, he got a bunch of extra bonus points system points because he completed 77% of his passes. Wow. Like even with even with Vardy's red card and them having certainly to adjust what they were doing, he still like he still manages to get two, you know, he puts in two crosses in the game. Chilwell has the most with three. Like where's the drop off? Like tell me where the drop off is for him to to in in playing either out of position like he did last week. Or playing as a as a right back, uh, to me it's just a it's such a smart play. Valid question. I'll follow it up with another question. Uh, with Okazaki not available right now, and with Vardy uh, at least out uh, for this next match, thanks to mm-hmm. his negative one, the red card descending off, is Ian Nacho a short term transfer in? You want to consider, or will he do anything worth your time? I would say at least for the next well, the next two weeks. You know they play Liverpool in two weeks. Yeah, I mean, which is not be, you'd great. You'd be doing it for next week, right? You'd be doing yeah, it for next. You'd be doing it for next week. So, so as of now, it's not worth it. He would Vardy will miss Southampton, Fleetwood in the Carabao Cup on the twenty eighth, okay. and then the Liverpool match. He would be back for Bournemouth. It's not worth it on September fifteenth. And no, I don't think it's worth yeah. it. All right, Scott, your love of Claude Puel certainly grew after this match because he said i think it perhaps was a little tough speaking of the red card that jamie vardy got because it was not his intention to make a foul. oh yes he touched the ball after that he was perhaps too enthusiastic on his move on the tackle you know what keyword i have intention. Lo- i have i have done nothing but grow in my admiration for lester's claude puel but comments like that bring me right back to the way I felt when he was Southampton's Claude Puel. Yeah. It doesn't matter what his intention was. Oh, next week it's the Claude Puel Derby. Hey. Nobody intends to get sent off. Um, I'm I, sorry. That's true. It's Two. what actually happened. And what actually happened was Vardy was reckless, well-deserved red card. Uh, a few other things. First of all, Ben Showell, two bonus points here, uh, regardless of... Wolves' unluck of putting a ball in the net. Right. Uh, ben Showell still, uh, same, very similarly stuffed the stat box here for Ben Showell, which is not entirely uh, surprising. Second, Adama Traore made his debut here. Nothing uh, to see there. Nothing um, to see there. Did pull a bit of a hazard here in, in just in the half that he six dribbles, four crosses, fouled twice, two key passes in 45 minutes. Brian, I Brian. know how many points that are good. No, no, that's not what I'm going to say. Oh, Remember? Okay. <laughs> what did we say when he was middles, middles bros, Adama Traore? We said, guy can really dribble, he can move the ball forward, but mm-hmm. once he gets into the final third, he has no idea what to do with it. He's got to show me something, knowing how to finish a dribble with a positive scoring play. Before I go anywhere near Absolutely this true. The Guardian, Nick Miller, wrote the uh, columnist that wrote the, the Wolverhampton Wanderers season preview. 
was a great line. He said that Adama Traore occasionally resembles one of those balloons that fly everywhere when you let them go. That's <laughs> 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 such a I well such a great that's such a great line. Um, no, and then the last thing, just as a reminder, uh, Leicester City's schedule between now and December eighth, they play two of the so-called big six teams between now and December eighth. That's Liverpool in two weeks, and then Arsenal on October 22nd. Otherwise, every match that they have between now and the beginning of December is against is against the wow. uh, lesser clubs. West Ham 1, Bournemouth 2. Marco put in a penalty kick to get the scoring started, but the Cherries finished it with Callum Wilson once again and Steve Cook also once again. Callum Wilson marauding through the West Ham team, stumbling, bumbling, fumbling, and he was the Harlem Globetrotter who dribbled around all five of the Washington Generals to Mm -hmm. make his way to the. Yeah, but he did it like not flashy, right? I mean, it was that move past Jumbo Zabaleta, man. (laughs) (laughs) That was that was nice, even if it was Zabaleta making a sliding tackle on it. Let's Wait. talk. Let's talk about what's good about Bournemouth for a second, and then we'll get to the 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 Quickly, dread. We we need to that we is need a speed speed move through these matches. Steve Cook is six and a fourteen so far. Ryan Fraser an eleven and a six. Callum Wilson an eight and a six. Man, which of those three guys, or any combination of the three, is likely to continue? Not necessarily this great form. Something similar. Well, I like the attacking guys. I don't, I'm still like, even if whatever, however much they are, I'm not buying a Cherries defender. But yeah, I would, I would, I would stick with Callum Wilson if I had him. I'm not selling, like, I needed money. So I was, I sold Josh King. Uh, and I would go to a five and a half dollar guy for the, for money's sake. And also looking at the schedule again, you know, just that. Bournemouth's schedule between now and the end of October is good. It's very good, I would say. Um, but just in the next few weeks, like it's I just looking at the even then looking at the stats too, like Callum Wilson, you know, he's got way more touches. He has way and he has more shots than Josh King. Like it's just so frustrating that comes in on absolute fire and Josh King can't do looks like can't do much much of anything. But I would definitely buy a Ryan Fraser continuing this kind of form too. Hmm. I agree. Callum Wilson will probably get hurt this next week. Ryan Frazier, (laughs) back-to-back weeks here, seems to be something that is real. Hey, we said it. As long as Junior Stanislaus is out, he's a he's a very good own. And in and in matchups where it's you know it's not a challenging matchup, I think that's what we said. I felt like we I said that like Ryan Frazier is one of those guys that they can use and is capable of producing results even in tough matchups just because of what he brings. Uh, hey, nice work, Cherries. Most points scored, most points won from losing from losing positions. Uh, led the Premier League last season in this, and they're already doing it. You know, again this season. West Ham scored to too soon. Hammers, let's talk them. Yeah, speaking of Marco and Chicharito were involved in the goal, which is why they were the only ones who put up any kind of significant fantasy points here. Marco is a flat track bully, so no surprise. Even though this was a penalty kick, no surprise that he scored in this one. They are at Arsenal next week. It's mm-hmm. is not the time to buy, right? Well, it, it's it's to buy Marco. Concerning yes. to me that I mean that West Ham's defense in two games hasn't registered. A point. Oh, it's funny you mentioned that. I have a I have a new segment 
that I started last week that you didn't like. Oh, what? But I'm bringing him back. I did. I did mock it last week, but now that I see the stat line, I'm yeah. concerned for the hammers. Let's let's talk West Ham defender scoring update, shall we? Mm-hmm. Now, taking out the goalkeeper and looking at only guys with D's under position D's, next to their names. D's what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just keep going with the defenders. Defenders. <laughs> the total number of points scored by a West Ham defender. Total in the entire squad added yeah. up together to make yeah. up one number is zero. Wow. Yeah. Not great. Not good. And that is not good for West Ham United when one of your few breathers that you get in a really tough opening schedule comes from behind to beat you at home. That's um, true. The other thing that sucks for them, it seems like it's there's way too much yet to sort out for them. Yeah. Way too many. Play- Cresswell, Aaron Cresswell has not played yet. Ryan Fredericks was in the roster to start week one, bench this week. Antonio, same thing. Robert Snodgrass, welcome to the starting lineup, comes in and starts this week after he came off the bench last week. Mark Arnodovich and Chicharito start together in in this match. You think, and their partnership, they look good playing together in the first half. It's Chicharito that gets the assist for you know for getting taken down in the box. For you know, the, the Marco ends up scoring the penalty. So. They still, but Lucas Perez and, and Yarmolenko come like obviously they have roles. Both of them were subbed in later on in the match. Like way too much going on. Way too much to sort out with all these really expensive signings. All the stuff that's going on. I, Marco's the one guy that I feel like you can count on. Yeah, I agree. But the schedule, it's you know, they not, get another breather here. But overall, between now and October twentieth, tough schedule. At Arsenal, Wolves, at Everton, Chelsea, United, at Brighton, Spurs. Like, a lot of these matches between now and the end of October. Like, yeah, you're you're not swapping Marco in and out of your lineup. So, if you really believe, like a lot of people are saying in the preseason, that he's matchup proof, yeah, I think you just keep him. Yeah. Just okay. keep him and, and hope that he does something creative. Cardiff, nil. Newcastle nil this one was all about things that happened for the wrong reasons you got your clean sheets of course but at the same time Isaac Hayden with the red card Kennedy and Harry Arter who I would argue both should have had red cards of their own Kennedy and what can I, I can only describe was just this moment of dripping with with karma with with deep narrative a guy who probably should have been sent off now suddenly in the last minute of the match has a chance to take a penalty kick and win it for newcastle and he misses in fact kennedy to pile on to that i i have to make this scott stat of the day dave okay and now it's time for scott's stat of the day scott's stat of the day is zero 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 um can't be shots on goal it can't be uh kicking players yeah that's one uh right that's what i'm saying so it can't be that maybe two uh harry arters uh it can't be neck tattoos it's zero if zero is the answer scott i don't know what is zero zero is the number of passes that kennedy completed in the first half in this match which is the first time in premier league history that a player has gone an entire half without completing a pass. That is unreal. That is unreal. It's a uh, not good to add to your 
Wow. Now, the one guy that you might be tempted to look at on Cardiff and say, hmm, interesting. Neil Etheridge, mm-hmm. 6 and 16. Yeah. Thanks to the penalty save. Uh, but that's silly, right? But as Fantasy Premier League themselves showed us, uh, he benched himself. <laughs> he did not have himself in his Fantasy Premier League. That's team. amazing. Uh, and why would you? But no, I mean, he maybe he should uh, pull a, do what Callum Wilson is doing and back himself. Put him put himself in there. I like Why that. Not? No, I like it. Who 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 did he start at keeper? Neil Etheridge. I don't. Rem- I can't remember. Probably somebody uh, normal. Hopefully not David De Gea. I don't know. Maybe. All right, we're going to wrap up our show tonight in a little bit of a different way. Instead of the injury roundup, we're going to go through and name our captain's picks for the upcoming game week three. Brian, mm-hmm. we'll start with you. Who's your captain pick? Uh. It's going to be difficult not to back one of the two. So you um, have Salah and Aguero. I have, I have Salah. And, I'm looking at Salah and Mane. Okay, uh, playing at home to Brighton. Uh, depending on what happens with if Lewis Dunk is out, uh, as since he subbed off with a an injury, he got treatment twice before he tried. He tried to come back and could not complete the match for Brighton. Uh, if he's out, I don't see how it doesn't go to one of those two guys. Not because I'm scared of the Wolves matchup or the Wolves defense. Yeah. But I mean, getting one of the getting a you know giving getting Liverpool at home, it's probably gonna it's probably gonna be Salah or Mane. I agree. I am going. I do not have Salah. That's not an option for me. My option is for the most part, I believe Mane or Aguero. I am going probably Mane. I love a home captain. Uh, Mane for me, Aguero will be the vice captain. I'm going to keep riding Salah in all likelihood. Mm-hmm. I think that the floodgates will be opening soon. Why not against Brighton? However, I agree. However, I think if you want to go with differential, you want to look somewhere else in my midfield. I'm looking at Richarlison. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that's a matchup that has brace written all over it. Richarlison might not be a terrible differential captain choice. No, not at all. If you bailed on your, if you didn't bail on your Arsenal people, Arsenal at home to a ragged West Ham team right now, I don't hate Aubameyang. Yeah, I certainly do not hate Aubameyang playing that, at home. That's an interesting trying call. to get back on track against a, a team that can't figure out how to defend. So I don't hate that choice either. Well, Dave, we got to the end. A little yeah. bit shorter of a pod. Maybe. Maybe not a lot, but a little bit. Maybe. We're a work in progress. But we asked a lot of questions and answered a lot of those questions. Uh, and I think it's going to do only good for you and your fantasy lineup. I mean, no matter where you look, there's going to be decisions to make. Everywhere. But you've got the information here that you need. Hopefully you're inspired to go in a certain direction. We can be found anywhere that you can find something called Fantasy Soccer FC. Look everywhere. Hey, when you get a chance, give us a good rating. And always support our sponsors. <laughs> yes. Well, real and imagined. <laughs> hey. Listen, for the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time.